Welcome to a Calvary Montclair Sermon Podcast. It is our desire that you will learn of Jesus, grow in Jesus, and share Jesus with other people. Service times are on Thursday evenings at 7 p.m. and on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. For addresses and directions, please visit our website, www.cmontclair.com. We pray that you are blessed by the teaching of God's Word by Pastor Joe McTarsney. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 18 through 24. Paul writes, Observe Israel. After the flesh are not those who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar. What am I saying then? That an idol is anything, or what is offered to idols is anything? Rather, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. You cannot drink the cup of the Lord in the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table and of the table of demons. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things edify. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. Now, I'd like to draw your attention back to verse 18. And notice those words that Paul wrote when he, when he said, Observe Israel after the flesh. Are those not who eat of the sacrifices partakers of the altar? Now, we have to ask ourselves a question. Why would Paul write that, and what does he mean by that? Well, to understand, to, to know what Paul means, uh, we have to recall what he previously um, been, has been speaking about in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 16 and 17. And we know in verses 16 and 17, Paul has been making a point that when you partake in communion, you are one with the entire experience. Now, how does that happen? How do we become one with the entire experience when we participate in communion? Well, when we take communion, and we have communion here um, normally the first Sunday of every single month, um, we we have a bread or we have a cracker, and that represents the the body of Jesus Christ. We also have a cup, and there's juice inside, and and, and that juice um, in that cup represents the the shed blood that that Jesus shed upon Calvary. And so as we eat and drink the, the elements, and we read the scriptures and to par- to partake in communion, what we do is we relive in our mind what Jesus went through. And the Bible says we do this in remembrance of him. So we, we have the elements and then we read the scriptures and we think about it. And as we think about it, we drum up in, in our mind and sometimes you can even feel emotion about it, thinking that, that Jesus was beaten, um, Jesus was spit upon, that they ripped his beard um, um, often portions of his beard that, and, and, they, and they crucify him. And so as we think of, about that, we relive that experience and it moves us. Now to connect those thoughts to verse 18, Paul wanted the Corinthians to observe Israel. As the Israelites made their sacrifice to the Lord on the altar, as they did so, they too became one with the entire experience. As they lay their hand upon the animal to symbolically transfer their, their, their sin to the animal, then the priest would sacrifice on the altar, and the priest and the people of Israel would eat the meat, and the smoke would go up to the Lord as a peace offering. So based upon Israel, and Paul wanted the, the Corinthians to observe Israel, and based upon the Israelites' actions, they understood that they become 
They became one with the Lord through that whole experience of, of worship. And, and we're going to see in the next couple of verses that Paul would want the Corinthians to know that when you are present at a false worship ceremony as the meat is being offered to an idol, by virtue of you being present, you are now associated in that false worship experience. And we're going to see that in verses 19 and 20. Let's read verses 19 and 20. What am I saying then? That an idol is anything, or what is offered to idols is anything. Rather, that the things which the Gentiles sacrifice, they sacrifice to demons and not to God. And I do not want you to have fellowship with demons. So when Paul says in verse 19, what am I saying that, that as an idol is anything or what is offered to idols is anything. So Paul's saying is that he's not giving any credibility to idols as he's already taught in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4. 1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 4 says, Therefore, concerning then the eating of things offered to idols, we know that an idol is nothing in the world and that there is no other God but one. So Paul is, is saying, and, and the issue that Paul is bringing to the, to the Corinthians people, and a lot of them didn't have this knowledge, and a lot of them just re- recently got, um, uh, got saved and came to faith in, in Jesus, and um, they needed to know that even by virtue hanging out at the altar while the entire act of false worship is taking place, it is a problem. And, and see, Paul wanted him to know that, that the meat that was being sacrificed to, to the idol, that, that meat, that, that carne asada, that's not the issue at hand. The, the problem was them being there during the meeting part, during, during the whole ceremony and, and being there. And Paul speaking against uh, the, the believers to, to why would you willfully place yourself in a vulnerable place to be deceived by demons? We, as believers, should be separated from it. Light and darkness shouldn't be interacting um, whatsoever. So Paul is saying, why would you put yourself in a devilish and a, de- and a demonic activity when that is happening? Avoid it. And, and he speaks about that, how we should avoid it. There shouldn't be no fellowship at all. Notice that with me in verse 21. Paul says, you cannot drink the cup of the Lord and the cup of demons. You cannot partake of the Lord's table end of the table of demons. So we cannot, as Paul explains, have a part in both tables. You can't have a part in both tables, either the Lord's table or the table of demons. And you see, eating at the Lord's table means that that when you eat the Lord's table and have communion, you are having oneness with the Lord. Again, as you you take that bread or take that cracker and and it goes in your mouth and it dissolves in your mouth and you take that juice and you you drink it. And as you eat the, the bread and you drink the juice, you are thinking about the Lord in your mind. So in your body, you are partaking of it in your mind. You're thinking about the Lord and you just become one with the whole experience. And then it prompts worship to the Lord and saying, Lord, I'm so grateful that you went to the, to the cross for me because I'm a sinner. While I was still my sin, you went and you, you died, died for me and I'm, I'm forever grateful for you. And so as you approach the Lord's help, the table and you're having communion with the Lord and, and, and you do that, um, say, on one day. Now the next day, you, you are walking around and you observe a meeting and, you, and then you go into that meeting where they're having actually a sacrifice to demons, and they're offering the meat, or that again, that carne asada. <laughs> For us, it's carne asada. Back then, it was just um, animals' meat. And then, and then you're there, and, and Paul's saying, "Wait, time out a minute. 
You, you can't be at the Lord's table one day, and then the next day you, you're at the, the, the table of demons. You, you, you can't be endorsing that pagan activity. You, you, you shouldn't be around that environment at all. The Bible says you can't do both, according to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16. 2 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 16 says... What agreement is there between the table, the temple of God and idols? For we are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will live with them and walk amongst them. And I will be their God and they will be my people. Therefore, notice this, come out from them and be separated, says the Lord. You see, as followers of Jesus Christ... As ones that have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb, as one that, that we are the apple of God's eye, we are the delight of, of our heart, the Lord is calling us out to devotion, to be 100% loyal to Jesus, and we must give our total allegiance to Jesus Christ alone. Paul didn't want the believers back then, and according to Scripture today, God doesn't want us to, to live separate lives. He doesn't want us to be like on a Sunday morning or be worshiping the Lord and, and, and partaking in communion. And then on Monday, you know, living a kind of demonic life and be involved in the things that don't please the Lord whatsoever. It was Jesus that said in Matthew chapter 6, verse 24, Jesus said, no one can serve two masters for you're either you will hate one or you'll love the other or else you'll be loyal to one and despise the others. So I, I know that, that the Lord is just calling the body of Christ, and I know that Paul was calling the body of Christ there at, at Corinth, um, and, and just calling them to, to, to separate themselves, separate themselves and, and just be full on for Jesus, to be all in for the Lord Jesus Christ. And I, I have a question for you, and this question is for me also. Are we all in? Are we all in? Have we said, Lord, I'm yours. Lord, I recognize that you went to the cross for me. You love me so much. And, and because based on what you have done for me, Lord, I choose to follow you. You see, Christianity is, is always involved of responding, responding to love. And that's, that's what separates Jesus from all the other so-called religious leaders out in the, in the world. All the other religious leaders in the world, you have to react and you have to please. It's not that way with Christianity. We thank the Lord that he came from heaven to earth, that, that he went to the cross, that he has placed his spirit inside of us. He has given us his word. He has given us a body of Christ that we can be involved in. He has placed his love in, in our hearts. He has given us heaven that we're going um, to be going to. And notice, it's that he's done this. He's done everything for us. And so we, we are just sitting back and say, Lord, I'm just a responder to what you have done. And, and you want a relationship with me? I I. I want that relationship. And so our question is, and, and really the Lord and from Paul to, to his people, is to be, be all in for the Lord. And are you all in? And if you weren't able to, I know you can't, but let's just say if you could, if you could put like a percentage in your relationship with Christ and, and then and as we, we live in the world, but we're not of the world, where would you say that percentage is? Would you say, you know what, man, I'm like 100% just following the Lord. He has everything about me. I'm, I'm, I'm devoted to him. Every aspect, aspect about my life is for Jesus Christ. Are you able to, to say that? 
And if you're not, I encourage you today, choose whom you're going to serve. And that was told in the book of Joshua, choose who you're going to serve. And also, too, when Elijah, Elijah, when, um, when he spoke to the, the, um, the false prophets and the people that were worshiping Baal, um, uh, Elijah called him out, too. Elijah said, um, why are you differing between worshiping the Lord and worshiping anyone else? Choose whom you're going to be serving this day. So in the Old Testament and also in the New Testament, and I like this, um, God calls people out. And I know God's calling you out today. Now, why would God call you out? Just because he um, completely wants you? Yes, he completely wants you. But he knows if you follow the ways of the, the, ways of the world and things are energized ultimately by demonic forces because we don't wrestle against flesh and blood because there's principalities, there's powers, there's darkness out there. The Lord knows if we flirt with that, if we give into that, our lives is going to be ruined. Our lives will be taken advantage of. And we're not going to be all the people that God wants us to be. And so as a heavenly father, he loves us. He just doesn't want you to be harmed. He doesn't want you to be used and abused. He doesn't want that because he loves you so much. And so if you're not all in for Jesus, I encourage you today, make a decision. Be all in for Jesus. Be all in. The Old Testament encourages it. The New Testament encourages We need to be all in for Jesus Christ. The worst thing you could do is to live two separate lives. One day, you know, I'm serving the Lord. And the next day, I'm flirting in the world. And then we're all, we're called to, to be a living sacrifice for Jesus Christ. It's in the book of Romans, chapter 12, that verse 1 that speaks about that. That we would say, Lord, I choose out of my free will, Lord, based upon your love for me, I want to respond to you, and I choose to be a living sacrifice to you. Romans chapter 12, verse 1 says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Now, when Paul says, I beseech, the word beseech means ple um, to plead or to beg. And this is amazing to me. And you may say, why is that amazing to you? Well, this is like the great apostle Paul. And in a sense, in a very real way, he's like bowing his knee to you. And you're like, I, I beg of you. I beg of you that, that you'll just be full on for Jesus. I beg of you that you'll just be all in. And then, and then what Paul does, he says um, that I beg of you that you'll be all in based on the mercies of God. What is the mercies of God? Mercies of God is not receiving something you rightly deserve. God has been merciful to you. So based upon God's mercy, based upon that you should be thrown to the deepest portions of, of hell, but, but you're not. Out of God's grace and out of God's mercy for you, you're getting, you're getting to go to heaven. So based on his mercy, based on his grace, based on his love, based on his forgiveness, based on all that, I'm asking you for something. What are you asking me for, Paul? I'm asking you that you would freely say, I present my life to you. And so it's a decision of the will. And it's a decision that we, we have to make, that we get to make. Today in church, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and then Sunday again, every single day, every hour of the day, we're saying, I'm all in for Jesus. My question for you, I'm calling you out this morning. Are you all in for Jesus? He was all in for us last Friday and as we celebrated the, the, the crucifixion of Jesus Christ. He was all in when he, when he rose from, from the, the dead last Sunday and we celebrated the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Now it's us. Let's be all in for him based on his mercy, based on his grace, based on his love, based on his forgiveness that we're called to present our bodies a living sacrifice for the Lord. What does it mean to present your body to be all in? Well, it's your body. It's this right here, this, this body. Yeah. 
This thing. You know, your, 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 your eyes and saying, Lord, I present my eyes to you. How do we present our eyes to the Lord? Saying, Lord, I don't want to look at anything that's unholy. I want these eyes are dedicated to you, Lord. So I choose to look on things that will honor you. I choose to look on things, Lord, that, that will please you. So we give our eyes to the Lord. And every single day, we have to make a covenant with our eyes to say, God, these eyes are yours. I'm not, I'm, I'm not my own. Galatians chapter 2, verse 20 says, you've been bought with the price. What is that price? The, the blood of Jesus Christ. So God, these eyes are yours. Not only these eyes are yours, Lord, these ears are yours. And, and Lord, these, these ears are not trash cans. And I don't, I, want, I don't want garbage to come in these ears. And, and if I'm in a work environment and, and, and in, a, in a place where there's a lot of um, G going on, gossip. And, and Lord, I don't want that gossip to go in these ears. Lord, these ears are yours. I want to listen to things that please you. Not only these ears are your Lord Jesus, this tongue. This guy right here. This guy right here. Oh boy, this guy. You know what James says? This guy can cause a wildfire to take place. One little spark. And saying, Lord, before I speak, I want to think. I want to think. Think. T-H-I-N-K. Is it truthful? Is it healthy? Is it inspiring? Here's one. Is it necessary? And is it kind? I think if we think before we speak, truthful, healthy, inspiring, necessary, and kind, there'll be a lot more fellowship within the body of Christ, and there'll be a lot more love in the community also. And so, Lord, this tongue... It could cut people up. This tongue can bless people or this tongue. And some of you have been a recipient of someone getting their tongue and you're like, you know, cutting you up. And we could do that. We could hurt people. We, we could really, we, we know where to poke at someone. And, and within our family members, we can't do that. Hey, there are family members. Let's, let's just choose to love them and not cut them up and, and, and bless them. So, Lord, I give these eyes to you, Lord. Lord, I give these ears to you, Lord. Lord, I give this tongue to you. Lord, I give these hands to you, Lord. Lord, I don't want to touch anything that I shouldn't touch. I don't want to touch anything that's not mine. But I want to bless people with these hands. I want to give to other people. So, the Lord is calling us out to be all in. And saying, Lord, I'm completely devoted to you. I'm committed to you. And at the end of the verse... um, uh, of Romans chapter 12, verse 1, it says, this is acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. The word reasonable can be translated logical. Lord, it's logical for me to be all in for you based on the sacrifice that you have done for me. I'm all in for you, Lord Jesus. So the Lord is calling us to a full-on commitment to him. Know that nothing shapes your life more than the commitments you choose to make. What are you committed to? When you're committed to something, it's going to shape and, and fashion your life. And if you're committed to the, to the Lord, it's going to show. If you're committed to a spouse or to your children, it's going to show. Where's your commitment at? And I pray that your commitment would be to God alone. For the Bible says in Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, to seek ye first Him, God, to be committed to Him. And then all these things shall, shall fall into place. It has been said that a life that is totally committed to Christ has nothing to fear, nothing to lose, nothing to regret as you live life on earth. 
Do you want to have no regrets in this life moving forward? Do you want to have no fears in your life moving forward? Yeah, I don't want no fears. I don't want no regrets. How do I get that? What do I, what do I need to do? Be committed to the Lord. Seek the Lord. Spend time with the Lord. Say, Lord, I'm all in. And when we have that heart and we have that devotion to the Lord, we're not going to flirt with the world. Because we don't want to flirt with, with the world system, its thinking, its behavior. Why? Because the world pierced my Lord and Savior in the side. The things of the world, the people of the world, the, the, the thinking, the philosophy, the, the system of the Lord. We don't want anything part of it. Why? Because we're more in love with the Lord Jesus Christ than we are in the world. So it takes a passion to conquer a passion. So if you're passionate about something in the world, make Jesus your greater passion. Make him your greater love. And when we are not all in for Christ, there's something interesting verse 22 mentions back, back in 1 Corinthians. When we are not in, all in for the Lord and we're not devoting our eyes and our mouth and our ears and our whole being to the Lord... Did you know that the Lord will get jealous? You're like, the Lord will get jealous over me if I'm not owing for him? Mm-hmm. Notice with me in verse 22. Or do we provoke the Lord to jealousy? Are we stronger than he? That's a heavy verse in verse 22. Don't, don't overlook it. We could provoke the Lord to jealousy. That's crazy to think about. Our Lord has a holy jealousy for us. And he will not tolerate competition for our affection. We know that was the cause for the Lord to judge the children of Israel back in Exodus chapter 34, verse 14. Exodus 34, 14 says, You shall worship no other God for the Lord whose name is Jealousy. And one reason why he is jealous for our lives is that he does not want our lives to be destroyed. The enemy is here and he has come to what? Kill, steal, and what? Destroy your life. You have a target from the enemy, from his demons, from all that. They're not for you, people. John 10.10 speaks about that. In John 10.10, it speaks about that. The enemy comes to kill, steal, and destroy. But the Lord has come to what? Give you life and give you life what? More abundantly. The devil doesn't want you to have an abundant life. Jesus wants you to have an abundant life. The devil wants you to compromise and have one foot in the church and one foot in the world and tell you, oh, it's okay. The Lord wants you to have two feet following him. And when you do that, I guarantee you, you will have a blessed life. And it may not only be like with prosperity. It may not only be um, in, in that kind of manner. But you will have peace with God. And peace is priceless. When you know that you're right with the Lord, man, you're able to sleep like a baby at night. Because you're right with the Lord. You have peace with God, and then you have the peace of God. Yeah, difficulties are going to happen. Yeah, trials come on the just and the unjust. But guess what? While you're walking through, through that trial, while you're walking through the fire, guess who is right next to you? Jesus is. He walks with you. He loves you. Why? Because you're his. And when you're his and you're full on for him, he's going to take care of you. I've never met, and the Bible speaks about that too. You've, we have never seen a child of God ever forsaken. So may you choose to forsake the world. Everything about it, its system, its ideas, its way of thinking. And may you renew your mind with the word of God. And that's what Romans chapter 12 verse 2 speaks about. Renew your mind with the word. And it's our choice. We could renew our mind with a living water or we could get our mind and kind of put it in gutter water. 
in the world's thinking, in the world's ways. It was Abraham Lincoln that says, you can't rightly govern this nation without the words of God. And any leader that wants to lead this nation and, and, and lead this state and, and lead a city and lead an organization, it's wise for them to fill their minds with the truth of the scripture. Not only to fill their minds with the truth of the scripture, but to bow their knee and see God's face and saying, Lord, I choose not to lean upon my own understanding. Lord, I choose not to, to um, consult the world, but Lord, I bow my knee to you. And Lord, I choose to consult you, Lord, because your ways is better than the world's ways. Your ways is better than even my ways. So we don't want to provoke the, the Lord of jealousy whatsoever. We want to be devoted to the Lord. Now, Paul speaks to those Christians that would say, wait a minute, wait a minute. All things are lawful for me to, to, for me to do. Dude, what are you telling me? I can't go to a table when they're worshiping and they're having their, their sacrifices. Hey, I'm a free person. I'm not, I'm not a robot. Doom, doom, tell me what to do and kind of push buttons. I'm a free man. If I want to go to, to them and they're doing their, chant, their chanting and smoke's going up and they're running around and patting themselves on their head and, and um, drawing pictures on their tummy, you know, if, they, if they're doing that kind of thing, I, I got kicked back there. What's wrong with that? Or if, if someone's hanging out in, in the club and, and they're doing their thing, they're dancing and they're drinking, and, dude, I'm a free man. I could do whatever I want to do. I, I, I could do whatever I want to do. So Paul knows that thinking is in believers. And so he writes about that. So Paul writes in verse 23, he says, okay, you think like that? All things are lawful for me. Okay, I give you that. But notice this, circle this. And circle it in your neighbor's Bible too. But not, but not all things are what? Helpful. All things are lawful for me, but not all things what? Edify. So for you to go and they're, they're chanting, they're, they're drawing happy faces on their tummy and their smoke's going up and they're, as they're sacrificing. And they did that back in the Old Testament time. Paul says, how is this going to edify you and your relationship with the Lord? You're putting yourself in an environment where you, you are flirting with demonic, with, that, with any, why are you doing that? Now in the 21st century, how's going to a club and people drinking and doing their own thing and like that? How's that going to cause you to worship Jesus and love Jesus with all your mind, soul, and your heart and strength? How is that putting that stuff in your mind and being in that environment? Or when the lights are turned low and everybody's just kind of like doing their, their drinking and kind of having it out, how, how's that going to promote godliness? God calls us to separate ourselves. God calls us just to follow him. Not that we have to, but we get to. But God says, yeah, I give it. You have a free will. But may you love me more than you love the ways of the world. It boils down to love. We love him. Why do we love him? Because he first what? Loved him. That's what it is, church. Lord, I choose to love you because you first loved me. I remember being, being that young man. I, I wasn't loved. I wasn't cared about. I didn't hear the words, I love you, for a long period of time within my life. And when someone shared the message, the gospel message to me, that, that someone loves you, God loves you, God has a plan for your life, I was so drawn to that. And now my life's verse in, in the book of Jude 21, it's to keep myself in the love of the Lord. I think about the Lord's love practically every day of my life. And that motivates me. Saying, Lord, I'm not going to flirt with the world. Lord, that world put you on the cross. And you know what? I get mad at the world. Not a physical mad, just like a holy anger, Lord. And it's leading people astray. 
And that's why we speak the truth in love and we say, follow the Lord and follow his ways. He'll bless your life. Don't you see what's happening? This has happened in your life, hasn't it? Once the Lord opened your eyes to truth and you're like, I, I can't believe I've been following the ways of the world for so, for so long. I feel like my life's been robbed for 10 years, for 20, 20 years, huh? And then the Lord opens your eyes and he shows you. And God has a way that he's able to, to bless you when the locust the locus has taken away years of your life. He redeems things. And so what the Lord is calling us to do is to follow him, to serve him. And, and the real question that we need to ask ourselves is that the things that we do, is this going to cultivate in, in my fellowship with the Lord Jesus Christ? That's the question to ask. Not is how much, how much of the world and how much Jesus can I have? How, how much of the table I can still have communion at the Lord's table? And how much of the table of the world can I still obey at? Because I like both. No, follow the Lord. Pump music in your mind that's going to cause you to love Jesus more. Oh, no, music doesn't really um, um, motivate my behavior. Absolutely, it does. What you think is what you behave. Garbage in what? Garbage. It's just true. Love Jesus more. And, and, that, and that's, that's what Christianity is about. Christianity is based on one word, is love. He loved us, and we love him. Romans 5, 8, while we were still in our sin, he died, and he loved us. And so we are just responding to him. So Paul says, no, in verse 23, that there are things that are not helpful for you, and there's things that will be helpful for you. So you determine, not all things are helpful, not all things are, are lawful for me, but not all things edify. All things are lawful for me, but not all things are helpful. So what are the helpful things? What are things that will edify me. And so we have to have a filter as we live our life here on this earth. And may we seek out, may we seek out the helpful things in this life that will edify us to love Jesus Christ more. And may our freedom that we have in Jesus be used to build up our faith and not diminish it or cause us to compromise. We're not to compromise at all. We're called to live for the Lord and we are, to, we are to freely say, Jesus, you have my life, and I freely commit my life to you 100%. Romans chapter 6, verse 13 says, Do not offer the, the parts of your bodies to sin as instruments of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been brought from death to life and offer the parts of your body to him as instruments of righteousness. And so we are called to offer our body parts as instruments of righteousness. So the places that we go and the places and the things that we do, we offer it to, to the Lord. And now we conclude with verse 24. As I think we have a little one next door that's saying, Mommy, come and get me. <laughs> We're almost done. Uh, conclude with uh, verse 24. Let no one seek his own, but each one the other's well-being. So as a Corinthian Christians ask the question, what's the harm to me if they did not consider the actions not only to them, but they need to consider the actions to other people? And that's what happens. We could be totally selfish and we're saying, you know what? Hey, I'm okay to be in this environment. I'm okay to do X, Y, and Z. But you know what? It's not about us. It's about that we need to seek other people's interests. Notice at the end of verse 24 says that, but each one 
the other's well-being. You may want to underscore that where it says each one the other's well-being. So we're called to consider others, others' well-being. And we may say, well, it's their problem. It's their problem if they have a sensitivity. No, it's really our problem because love builds up and love doesn't tear down. Romans chapter 10 verse 12 says, be devoted to one another in brotherly love. Honor one another above yourself. And that's what we're called to do. We're called to honor one another above ourselves. And other people's edification must be chosen over our self-gratification. Other people's edification must be chosen, chosen over our self-gratification. And we must seek to minister to others and use our freedoms for others' well-being. And when we do so, and when we do so and we choose to live that way, we are going against our human nature. We are going against our pleasures. We're going against the thinking that, that you need to be served. It's all about you. Burger King, it's all about you. <laughs> the way you want it. Philippians chapter 2, verse 3 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit, but in humility consider others better than yourselves. Each of you should not look on your own interests, but also the interests of others. And know that true Christian liberty, as we close, know that true Christian liberty involves death to self in order to benefit and bless other people. And so you want Christian liberty? Christian liberty means that you die to yourself. And when you die to yourself, you become that mustard seed that's buried into the ground. And as a result, it's buried into the ground. Guess what's going to happen? Much fruit is going to come out of your life. And fruit is always for other people. You know that. Some of you guys have a neighbor that has a lemon tree. Some of you guys snag their lemons. <laughs> fruit is always for other people. In this life, God wants us to be a blessing to other people. God doesn't want us to compromise. God doesn't want us to live a selfish life. God doesn't want us to think it's just me, myself, and I. That's the Trinity in me, myself, and I. No, the Trinity is the Lord, God the Father, Jesus, and His Spirit. So let's live for the Lord and let's live for, for other people. And let's be full on for Jesus Christ. Huh? Are you guys all in? Let's be all in for Jesus. Amen. Let's pray.